Well, hello, White Sox fans. How you guys doing tonight? I hope that you are, uh, or that you did enjoy Kopech's, uh masterful performance tonight. Because uh, I can't see him coming out for uh, any more pitches as he's at 90 right now. So if they bring him out at 90, 90 plus pitches in the, uh, just to stretch him out, we have to wonder what they're doing with pitch counts. But White Sox have a 4-1 lead and uh, things are looking up a little bit. Welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, the Dana Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, I'm doing uh, pretty fantastic, actually. Uh, nice to see the uh, the White Sox uh, on a winning streak here and uh, cruising so far in the in the sixth inning tonight. Uh, like you said, Michael Kopech had a little struggles early on in the game. Uh, got his pitch count up kind of high in that first inning inning and a half and then he just seemed to settle in and he went on cruise control the next you know four or five innings and uh yeah it's it's been a lot of fun to watch him throw tonight and uh you know aside from uh, a gavin sheets bomb the uh the white Sox offense looks like it's doing white sense white Sox offense uh things here in early 2022 so you know hopefully we'll see some more uh offense kind of come around but yeah not a whole lot to complain about when you're winning games yeah, you know, I mean, well, we can come up with stuff. Um, oh, I mean, trust me, I have some things on the books that uh, we'll get into later on tonight. But, you know, it, it's it's easier to swallow some of those uh, horse pills, if you will, when, uh, you know, when you're putting W's on the board. But nonetheless, I agree, there are some uh, things that need to be done. But please, continue. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, who's going to complain when they continue winning. I mean, if they can continue winning like this all season long, okay, great. Uh, it's just that we've seen this one before, <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. where the White Sox are averaging three, four runs a game, and uh, it's coming on. I mean, actually, I will say, you know, the nice thing about this winning streak that they've got going on is that they've been consistently scoring three, four runs a game, as opposed to last year where there would be 12-run outburst, a 15-run outburst, and then uh, they would struggle for three, four games afterwards and score two or three runs if they were lucky, uh, mostly one and two runs. (laughs) And uh, that's how they got to four and a half runs a game instead of actually consistently scoring every game. So this has actually been... A slight change of pace. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy about that part of it. Which, you know, four runs a game, three runs a game is seems like it's not a whole lot to ask. But, um, well, you know, with the way the staff has been uh, going out there and, and throwing the ball, uh, you know, that'll get it done. But you can't expect these guys to do that all season long. Uh, you know, we can talk about a couple of really good performances out of uh, Vince Velasquez as of late, which, you know, it, we harped on this guy really hard uh, when the move was made to bring him in. And, uh, you know, he showed some signs of being the Vince Velasquez we thought he was going to be early on in the season. But then 
all of a sudden he seemed to have settled in the last couple of starts. So that's been uh, that's been a really nice surprise. And I will be more than happy to uh, eat crow if that continues throughout the season. Uh, you know, it's been talked about on the socials a little bit. Is it time to bust out the old uh, cats will fix them phrase? Uh, you know, might be a little bit early for that, but uh, good to see him throwing the ball. You know, we've seen some really, 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 really awesome gems from Dylan Cease. The bullpen has been mostly outstanding, aside from a, you know a few hiccups here and there, a couple of guys. You know, struggling to find some uh, command, but you know I, that's the thing. You can't really expect the pitching staff to be stellar day in and day out. They're going to have some hiccups and bumps, and if you're not scoring more than three runs a game, you're going to lose. So, uh, you know, without really getting into the numbers of the thing yet, that's I'll kind of just uh, leave that at and I'll leave that at that, and uh, kind of want to hear what you have to say about that a little bit. Well, that's one thing I wanted to get into tonight was the. I, you know, it, it feels really stupid to say this, but uh, the log jam that the Sox are going to have in their pitching staff, uh, especially from their starting staff. Um, and I, I want to bring this up right now because uh, I just saw that we have somebody warming up in the bullpen for his first White Sox relief appearance. Yeah. There he is. There he is. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Can't wait to see this uh hopefully this first step into greatness here on the south side with Joe Kelly. Um let's hope that that's indeed what does happen. I mean, he's looked really good down in Charlotte uh other than uh nailing uh, a poor chap in the spine with a 96 mile an hour fastball in his first Ooh. in his first uh, <laughs> appearance, which was yeah, you that know, kid looked like he was in some pain. He was, and uh, <laughs> he stayed in the game for one pitch, and then uh, and took his base, and then and then he was out of the game after that. So yeah. I felt pretty awful for him. Um, and like I said, after that, Joe's been hitting his spots really nice. Down in Charlotte, uh, lots of real bad contact, which is a, a good thing for him. And uh, still winging it 96, 97 miles an hour, which is uh, nice to see. So, um, but I kind of I wanted to get into this uh, <laughs> starting staff thing. So uh, I'm glad you do because uh, that was uh, a big one on my agenda this evening as well, too. And uh, you know, for our listeners that don't know, uh, we used to prep a little bit for these shows. And we kind of decided that uh, some fresh banter without knowing what the other person was thinking. I mean, we often know what the other person's thinking. Anyway, we talk enough and uh, we uh, we kind of think alike a lot. But for those of you that don't know, we don't prep. We stop doing that. We want fresh banter. We want to uh, keep things, uh, you know, just uh, just just rolling right off the tongue. So, you know, we don't we don't get together. And uh, I mean, we might prep individually but yeah uh, we don't get together and prep anything so i'm glad you brought this up because yeah uh, there's no pre-pro meetings no yeah um so the white Sox have uh six days to decide what they're doing with johnny cueto down in triple a um after that he can opt out of his contract if they don't call him up 
So it was said today, I believe, by uh, Rick Hahn in a press conference that you can ex- that we can expect one more start out of him in Charlotte, and then then we'll see what happens. I have to assume that they're not just going to let him walk, uh, especially no. with what we've seen out of uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Keuchel. You know, I mean, you do from one game to the next. You don't know what you're going to get, uh, and obviously, as we've seen, especially also tonight, uh, that the defense for the White Sox can get out of hand and yes, throw the ball around, drop baseballs, do all sorts of stuff that is going to cost, especially a guy that oh, Joe Kelly. Yeah, uh, sorry guys. Uh, we're for those of you listening to, on the podcast uh, tomorrow or later. Uh, we are in the middle of the top of the seventh as Mr. Joe Kelly has thrown his first pitch in a White Sox uniform, and it was a beaut of a curveball that literally dropped off the face of the earth. So, yeah. Anyways, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, we've seen that Dallas Keuchel, when he does not have the optimum defense behind him, that he is prone to giving up three, four singles in a row and with an error tossed in there and sometimes with walks tossed in there, you know, you could be looking at a four or five run inning from him. And it it could be the first inning, could be the second inning, could be the third inning, doesn't matter. You know, he could look great for an inning and then just come out and give up five runs one inning and then three runs the next and then you're down eight nothing going into the fourth inning. Or third inning, you know, depending on whether you're home or away. With an offense that's scoring three runs. <laughs> yeah. So I've had this conversation with uh, several other people, and they don't expect Keuchel to be let go right away. Um, I've also had a conversation with a couple of people that expect him to be gone within the next two weeks. So... It's a it's a kind of a weird situation because you don't know what you're going to get from Cueto. Although last year he was, I believe he was seven and seven with like a four point two ERA, which is essentially what everybody wants from Keuchel. Nobody's expecting him to yeah, go well, out and be amazing, but no. But you're talking about your number five in a in a pretty star studded rotation at the moment. Uh, if you can get that out of your number five when you've got you know. Cease, and you've got, uh, you know, Kopech going out there and doing what he he did tonight, and you got Giolito, who yeah, he's had his moments of struggles here and there, but he seems to settle into games pretty well. And you know, Lance Lynn will be coming back shortly. That's going to create, uh, you know, we we're talking about that pitcher logjam. You're going to have a little bit of an issue there. You know, what do you do with uh, Dallas Keuchel and Johnny Cueto, and uh, you know. It, it, there's going to be some. Uh, there's going to be some tough decisions that have to be made by the front office. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I hear what you're saying about you know. There's people out there that don't think Keuchel's going anywhere as of yet. Uh, you know, he's still owed a decent amount of money here, and they're going to have to pay him and yada yada. And at this point, I, you got to think. Well, so you owe him money. You know, I saw a comparison to uh, the John Danks thing when they just decided to cut ties with him and uh, you know, Keiko's owed more money than he was. But 
If you trigger an inflation. Because I thought I thought John Danks was uh two I thought he was eighteen million for that season when they let him go. I could I could be wrong. I guess Yeah, and it was about midway through the season. So it was somewhere oh, around eight or nine enough. million yeah. they owed him. So, you know, just kind of figuring in uh you know, time on the field that year. And now you're looking at Dallas Keiko, the rough estimate I think is somewhere around twelve million. Thirteen million. I don't I don't even know what it is to be honest with you. But uh either way, uh you, you gotta think that if you can get a four and a half ERA and you know, anywhere from seven, eight, nine wins out of uh Johnny Cueto. Uh, you got to eat that money, in my opinion. You, you got to send DK on his way, and you definitely don't want to keep him on the roster long enough to hit his qualifier for his uh, option next season, which cost the White Sox $20 million. So, you know, I get that it, maybe it's not time quite yet, but like you said, Cueto can opt out coming up here in six days. He's going to get one more start, and uh, I believe he's, you know, he's one of those players, a veteran, that uh, might say, you know what? I'm pitching pretty good down here in Triple A. I'm stretched out. I'm ready to go. And if you guys don't want to, you guys don't want to play me. I'm going to opt out. and I'm going to go jump on somewhere else. And there's a handful of baseball teams out there that need some pitching. So, uh, for those of you who are not watching this game or are on the podcast uh, and didn't see the game, uh, Joe Kelly struck out his first batter. Got a Fairly weak pop-up to center field, and now he's 0-2 on his third batter on 11 pitches. 11 so, pitches. Yeah. And he's got all that attitude working right now. I mean, he came out on the mound. He did the whole glove slap Oh, as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. Gets one, let's one go through the middle. But Yeah. Grounder. Yeah, soft contact just in the right place, you know. Yeah. He'll do, he'll do that. Just out of the reach of TA's know. diving glove. Yeah, and on the last pitch before that, guy was trying to golf the ball out of the dirt on a knuckle curve that was three right. inches off the ground. So, um, yeah, that you got Lynn coming back. See, now here's here's the issue: is that if Lynn has some sort of a setback, or I mean, you know that that Kopech is going to be on an innings limit of some sort, um. Heaven forbid something happened to Giolito or Cease. If you let Keiko go now, you're forced to bring up something from AAA. And Wes Benjamin has had some decent outings. Um, and he has a new pitch that has that he's been playing off of that's been working really way, well in AAA. Uh, however, when he was against... Atlanta's AAA uh, team, the Gwinnett Stripers, uh, earlier, I guess technically it would be, two, I think it was Tuesday of this uh, this past week, um, he got his brains beat in. Uh, he gave up like three home runs or something like that. Granted, day game, you know, so maybe, you know, who knows. But, you know, what what can you really – what do you really have in West Benjamin? I don't know. You know, I, I wouldn't know until I saw him pitch with his uh, with his new uh, and then T.A. Jeez Louise. Um, you know, I wouldn't know until I saw a few starts in um, in Chicago or, you know, 
on the White Sox before I completely knew what you actually have in West Benjamin. And even then, you know, we've seen that before with like a uh, a Matt Latos type deal, <laughs> you know, where you get six great starts and then all of a sudden they start to find the balls start to find gaps, you know, they start missing gloves. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at a five and a half ERA instead of a two and a half ERA. So, right. you know, who knows? Um, well, my thought process on, uh, you know, the whole Keiko situation, and I get what you're saying, especially on a White Sox team that's been plagued by injuries, which seems like the last four or five years here, ever since the rebuild kind of started, they've just really taken a nosedive uh, in the injury department. You know, we can talk about Herm all we want, but. Uh, you know, it's injuries have just become a, a, a sick reality for the Southsiders. And, you know, un- understanding that you want to have somebody in your stable that can step into that position. And I get that. But my thought is, is, you know what? Ronaldo Lopez was a starter for years. Hey, he hasn't been stretched out to be a starter in a while, but he's done some, uh, some long middle relief and he's looked pretty good. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy that maybe you can get four innings out of and a start as their fifth starter. And you lean on your bullpen a little bit more during those starts. Uh, I just would rather not see Dallas Keuchel anymore. Because like you say, you'd never know which Dallas Keuchel you're going to get. And sometimes you get great Dallas Keuchel right off the bat. And then, you know, and then he starts playing Picasso after going up 0-2, 1-2 on batters, and he loses them. And that is one of the most frustrating things as a White Sox fan to watch, especially when we see nothing but great pitching from most of the other guys on the staff. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to feel about it, but or how I should feel about it. I do know I do know how I do feel about it. And I'm just I'm done with the Keigel train, man. You know, guy had a great career. He's done some really good things. I, I have nothing bad to say about him. I just think that his time has passed, and that's uh, pretty much it. <laughs> Joe Kelly's tired of seeing the defense out there, and he just decided to uh, grab grab a bouncing ball in the infield and run it out himself without throwing it to anybody else. You know what, Joe? I don't blame you. Absolutely brutal. Um, uh, he even gave a smile after he hit the bag. Like, yep, I, I had to do that. Yeah, no, yes, yeah, he had to. They're not going to DFA him right now. They will eventually if he continues to be bad. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I, and the thing is, I understand it. Um, and, but I understand Danny's point of view as well is that you're tired of seeing it. And the thing is, is that, yeah, he did okay in Boston. That's great. Um, but the thing is, is that Boston right now is not hitting anybody. For no, the last they're, they're week worse and a half. They're under Baltimore. That ought to tell you a lot about the White Sox bum slaying right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the fact that their schedule, they have played the, the Blue Jays and the Yankees quite a bit here in the last uh, couple weeks. So there is that. However, yes, I agree. They, for them to be under Baltimore in the standings, regardless of who they're playing, that's pretty rough. And, uh, as we saw over the mm-hmm. over this past weekend, uh, the kids in Boston are apparently starving 
Um, <laughs> kids, kids at the Red Sox game eat free when the Red Sox win. Well, guess what? They haven't won in quite a while, so they must be hungry. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you know, Mark Mark brings up in chat says a pitcher like Keiko relies on the grounder. We can't rely on the defense to help out a pitcher that's pitching to contact. And yeah, not at this point in the season anyway. Yeah, and I mean, even the thing is, is that even if your infield defense is bad, um, they can't catch a, a shallow liner that's dropping twenty feet into the outfield. You know. No. Yeah. There's there's no uh, way to defense against that other than playing your outfielders in like little league, which is not going to happen. No. And then when you got things like that would happen in the first inning of this game tonight, you got Gavin Sheets playing right field, and he literally shields his own eyes with his glove and drops one that hits square in the leather, and mm-hmm. and lets it go for the uh, Indians' only run of the game so far. Uh yeah, the defense has got to be better. Plain and simple. And yeah. if it's not your pitching is you're putting a lot a lot of pressure on your pitching. Yeah, I, I put it out there on Twitter is that if you are not scoring runs, you can't afford to give away runs. Even with good pitching, right. you can't afford to give away runs if you're scoring three runs a game. It's just bad math, yeah. you know. In the chat, we, we're, I'm seeing Moncada will help the defense too, and I will agree with that 1,000%. He's a gold, gold caliber third baseman. Uh, you know, we just hope that he brings the uh, the bat that uh, we know he can have when he's feeling good. Uh, but yeah, that'll definitely help out the the infield a little. But you know, he's, he can only plays one position. You know, when you got T.A. throwing the ball away because he's trying to make that amazing play and you got, you know, Leary kicking whatever he's kicking around over there at second base. And, you know, Josh Harrison's had a couple of snafus, which is unusual for him. He's, he's usually a pretty solid defender. But, you know, you got to wonder when you see guys that are known as being solid defenders, what kind of preparation this team has going into these games. And, uh, you know, just – I hate to – I'm not going to harp on Tony and the rest of the guys, you know, too much tonight. But, uh, you know, they say the old saying, uh, the, the the brown stuff rolls downhill. You know what I mean? And uh, it just feels like these guys come out unprepared. Yeah. Nice. Far too often. Yeah, no, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Mark, Mark says in chat, says you get excited for a second about four runs in the first, then it's the seventh, and you still have – only those four runs. And that is where the issue is, is that they're, you know, it's been like this since June is that they'll have an inning where they'll score four runs. And but they're then extremely that's reliant on the long ball, extremely, extremely reliant on yep. the ball. These guys, I mean, you know, we can talk about, Oh, well they had, you know, eight, nine hits. That's fantastic. But when you're leaving two guys on, Every time you get a handful of hits and, you know, you get guys on base and you're not bringing them, any of them around, that's a problem. Yeah, I was listening to uh, 670 The Score this week, and th- they were talking about actually about the Cubs and about the the way the Cubs have been building their team as of late, where they are trying to have some more contact bats. Uh, and string hits together. But as they also pointed out, is that 
with the velocity from every single pitcher these days and the pitches that move as much as they do at the speed they do, uh, stringing base hits together is hard. It's it not is. easy. So, and it's the change of the baseball since, you know, uh, what was it a year and a half ago now where, you know, last year we got a handful of the, the baseballs from the season before, before they were changed. So, you know, we all remember the show that we did that whole, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. We we did a whole segment, anyways, about how the uh, the two different baseballs were mixed oh, up yeah, yeah. throughout the season. Uh, and now this year, it seems like the ball is just a lot deader than it has been. So when you know you get these guys, like you say, you're, they're throwing velocity, so you're not hitting the ball on the ground as much, but you're also getting a softer ball, so you're, it's not going far either. So that contact turns into easy flyouts a lot of the time. Yeah, they I, I saw on baseball prospectus they had an article uh I believe it's like about a week Get and a stretch. half now. Ooh. Oh oh off the wall. Hey Larry Larry's on his horse and looks like he's getting it. Hey look at that. We scored five runs. What is yeah, going on here? Right Right on cue for uh, Mark saying that uh, you, you're looking at the four runs early on in the game and you don't score again. But we should do this more often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep keep it up, donuts. <laughs> yeah, we'll just send do, them good uh, vibes out there. Hundred. Uh, well, we got like what, like a hundred and hundred and twenty-five more games ish this year. So uh, hundred and twenty-five more streams this season. Yeah, uh, until right, we'll just do one every game. Sure, why not? We'll um, even do those uh, ten a.m. Uh, Sunday games. Yeah, holy cow. I mean, could you imagine living in L.A. and your team, uh, just like happened to the Padres uh, this weekend, they are starting a game at 8.30 a.m. Yeah, California. For Padres fans. I mean, absolutely absurd. (laughs) <laughs> break out the champagne he says yeah no kidding huh <laughs> i am an ungrateful bad fan and i you know I, i'll i'll wear that i'll wear it um you know i i tweeted tonight also uh you know speaking of being a uh ungrateful bad fan i tweeted about having outfielders playing the outfield when oh. sheets took that ball off the uh you know the palm of his glove and uh then looking at his glove twice yeah as if the glove failed him somehow yeah it's, there's no <laughs> hole in your glove in your palm dude um but you know I, no. I got a couple of people saying oh well you know you know he's a left-handed power bat and yeah that's great but at the same time i don't feel that it's being overly critical to expect at least competent defense in the outfield. And, you know, at the very least, if you're going to have incompetent defense, you would think that it would be in left field. You would put your worst fielder in left field, but no, we have Gavin Sheets in right field because why? I mean, I understand that Pollock uh, doesn't have a whole lot of innings in right field, but I tell you what, I would much rather see Pollock in right field and Sheets in left field than the other well, way you know, around. 
And the thing about Pollock is, is he's been a center fielder the better part of his career. If you can play center, you can play right. Uh, you would hope. I mean, the spin is a little bit different off the bat. Fine. Yeah. Okay. You know, you might be chasing balls down the line that are hooking away from you that you don't t- typically see in center field. Uh, you know, in Chicago here at home, you're going to see the wind do some things that you might not see other places. Uh, I get all that. But, you know, he's got a decent arm. And he gets a good read off of balls. He's faster than either uh, Sheets or Vaughn by, you know, light years. And, uh, you know, he's he's an outfielder. Plain and simple. He's an outfielder. And those two guys are not. Uh, it's difficult to watch that shoddy defense out there when you know you've got a guy that can do it. Now, I get that Pollock has had some struggles since he uh, went on the uh, injured list and come back. You know, he was... He was, he was hitting pretty well uh, before that. But, uh, you know, you got to think that at some point, as long as he's healthy, he's going to find it because, you know, if you look at his career numbers, and it's not like he's an old man, you know. He's yeah. he's not a youngster anymore, but he's not an old man. You look at his career numbers, he's a halfway decent hitter. You got to think that that's going to come around. But you never know. You know, this is a White Sox thing. How many times we see a guy come here and, you know, completely forget how to hold a bat, you know. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, there's uh, Dodgers fans that have chimed in and said, you know, yeah, right now you're aggravated with AJ. That's fine, but you're going to look up at some point in June or July, you know, where he's strung, you know, 15 games together where he's just cracking the ball all over the place. And, you know, I'm willing to wait for that uh, as long as he's, you know, not injured all the time. And, uh, I mean, at this point, nobody else on the team is hitting either to this point, you know, now that Vaughn's been on the IL. So, I mean, Timmy's doing Timmy things, uh, but he can't throw the offense on his back by himself. Uh, Luis seems to be finding his way a little bit more, but again, he's got a little bit of a, he's got some chase in his uh, approach, which it seems a lot of these guys, I think that's the number one issue on this team right now. They're chasing bad pitches. They're going out there and, you know, there's no patience whatsoever. These guys are not waiting for the one. I mean, you, you just about every, I don't know how many times I've watched Jose let the fattest pitch middle, middle go by only to swing it a slider garbage, uh, you know, six, eight inches off the plate on the very next pitch. Yep. You know, I, it's, it's unfortunate that when you are being patient, you're watching the best pitch go by, which forces you to become impatient. These guys need to find a better approach. It's been said in the chat. Uh, White Sox Premium K has brought it up uh, quite a few times over the last week on the socials. Uh, and I can't say I disagree at all. Like the, the, the approach at the plate is just awful. They're not walking. They're striking out, and they're generating a lot of soft contact by hitting some garbage pitches. Yeah, which is strange because – if you look at their average exit velocity, I want to say they're. Oh they, yeah, they're actually they, hitting the ball hard. Yeah, they they, they were uh, tops in MLB at one point in average exit velocity. So I mean, they're hitting the ball. Uh, it just happens to be going right at people, and the the BABIP has been woefully, woefully low so far this season. Yeah. Like just the ball has not been falling for them, and you know, I mean that's. You know, they're going to have stretches like that. Plus, uh, you know, I listened to a Liam Hendricks interview today 
Uh, and as he mentioned, you know, like they haven't seen a, a day that's over 60 until, uh, until they were in Boston over the weekend. The first time they had a game that was over 60 and not raining. I mean, it's May. Right. A whole week into May, and it was three days ago or two days ago that they finally had their first game above 60 degrees with no rain. That is ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, uh, yeah, no, yeah, a hundred percent. It feels like every, every single guy we bring into this, into this organization absolutely just, uh, forgets how to play baseball and forgets how to hit a baseball and then just ends up, uh, signing a one day contract the next year with their favorite team and then retires as a member of right. that team. It's a, it's happened like oh. a good half dozen times. Hey, look at that. Another wild pitch. Did that hit Jose? Nah, he's just standing there. So it looked like it took he took it off the elbow, but I guess not. Must have went right behind him. I'm glad he didn't get hit to be honest. I'm you know. Oh he did get hit. Oh I don't know. I can't tell. I guess we'll find out here shortly. That was close. Um Sox are putting 73% of balls in play, which is the highest in MLB since 2017. All right, well, I mean, that is impressive, I suppose. Took the hit by pitch, Jose. I think he stayed in there because he wanted to swing the bat. Yeah. Uh, whatever. What are you going to do? Still up 5-1, so let's hope that they manage to uh, nail it down. Yeah, Adam Eaton, Cesar Hernandez. Well, Cesar Hernandez is still playing. He's in the, uh, I think he's, he's on the Nationals this year. But Adam LaRoche, yeah, Josh Harrison's having a, uh, a rough time at the plate, as is there's AJ another, Pollock. Uh, there's also there's Adam another Dunn. Adam. Yeah, I was gonna say there's another Adam. I'd like to add to that list. Euclid. I mean, you could. I mean, this has been going on for ages now. Um, which I, you know what, I will say this. The Peacock broadcast with Jason, Steve, and the Greek god of walks, uh, Kevin Euclid, uh, that was a an enjoyable broadcast. It was indeed yesterday. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, uh, you know, I that Apple TV broadcast was. I you know I saw some people defending it. Uh, I thought that the play-by-play and color analyst position were lacking. Atrocious. I thought I it was awful. Yeah. God awful. I had the, I turned it, you know, I turned off the sound and uh, listened to the radio. And uh, anytime I'd rather hear DJ over anybody else. You know, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about Darren Jackson, but, uh, you know, liked him when he played for the Sox as an announcer. Uh, I think he's, uh, I think he's, you know, smoking the stuff and eating ice cream and brownies up there and that, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. 
How many more of those Apple broadcasts are on the schedule for White Sox? Is it two more, three more? I think it was like four or five total this season, if I'm not mistaken. So that was number two, right? Uh, I yeah. think there were. I think there's four total. All right. Well, we'll have to look at the schedule and look at when those next couple are up. But uh, if we are available, what do you <laughs> think about streaming? During the Apple broadcast, and we will be your color commentators. Uh, it sounds like a great idea. I don't see how it could get uh, how it could get any worse. I'm certainly not less informed than uh, than Chris Young <laughs> was the other night. Holy cow! And uh, you don't have to worry about me calling the other team we when talking about getting outs versus the White Sox. Right. Hey, yeah. Ridiculous. And you know. One team was Chicago, the other team was the Sox. Well, they're both Sox, so if you're going to do that, you would want to call maybe one Boston and one Chicago. But uh, you can obviously tell there was a little bit of East Coast bias going on there. Uh, yeah, not a fan at all. It was yeah. uh, pretty awful. I will say, I was a fan of their equipment and the editing. Um, no, the, the picture quality was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I will say I was not. Is it only one more? I that would be great for me. I would be happy that it was only one more. Um, but I thought there was four all day, but I could be mistaken. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. We'll take a look at it later. Um, yeah, as long as the as long as the schedule works for us, I think we should just go ahead and put it out there now that uh, we'll, we'll we'll do that. Yeah, might as well go ahead and multicast on twitch and twitter or something uh i actually heard young sigh when the red sox hit into a double play oh absolutely and in the ninth when they were striking out both him and uh whatever her name is i can't remember vanessa i can't remember who it was uh but both of them were just like oh when liam was striking out the side to end the game i mean whatever man filthy by the way i mean he you know He's uh he stopped tipping his pitches and he looks like the uh, reliever of the year that we had last year. So absolutely awesome to see that. Yes, indeed. So uh, we are on a Matt Foster watch here in the top of the eighth, and uh, Matt Foster versus Jose Ramirez. So you know Foster's been great over the last week, but. Let's see what he does against Jose Ramirez because that guy has been absolutely on fire this year. So I'm kind of curious go. to see what uh, what happens here. I can tell you it's a good uh, – if you haven't seen it already. It's, yeah, uh, I'm running a little bit behind because uh, my wife uh, has Little House on the Prairie on TV. All right. Yep. Uh, I You know what? I, <laughs> I got it on I, the I, tablet. I I don't even know what to say to that right now. <laughs> LHOTP, man. LHOTP. It's good stuff. I mean, I got I got nothing against, you know, small fry, but uh <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. I'll hear about it later. All right. Um yeah, so I'll take it. Pop up in the infield. This is the kind of results that you want to see and always on fire against the Sox. Agreed. Um but you know, hey, um yeah the it was uh it definitely seemed like the broadcast was tilted a little bit towards the Red Sox and you know I I try with these national broadcasts I try to um 
not get too upset when, uh, you know, when I, I feel that the commentary is a little bit biased towards towards the other team, uh, because I know that you have to at least have like at least some sort of a uh, middle of the road approach, but there wasn't a whole lot of that going on. I mean, they were ooing and eyeing over, you know, Luis Robert murdering a baseball, but um, yeah, that was a, that was a fairly rough one to watch. So, um, you know, since we're on the subject of uh, broadcast announcers, uh, I know that you had a little snippet from tonight's game. Oh yeah, from the from, Cleveland broadcast from the, and the I Guardians. If, did you did you grab a recording of that? I tweeted it. Um, I will go ahead and bring that up. Uh, give me one second here. The Guardians will score first as Quan comes home into second base is Owen Miller Are and you Sheets just simply botched it. I mean, I I thought it. I got nothing. Yikes. Tell me it's playing on the stream because no, I got yeah, nothing yeah, there. yeah. Oh, well, I th- yeah, it should be. Um, yeah, you probably right. don't have it on the. Uh, you probably don't on have the old that. Yeah. OBS. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> wowzers, that's uh, on live TV. That's, uh, that's some good stuff right there. Uh, for those of you, you know, if you guys could not you hear gotta it. You got to be um, shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> On live TV, well done, uh, sir. Well done. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that 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 might make a shenanigans. Ah, so es, ESP web gem. ESPN yeah. web gem over there. Oof. <laughs> oh. Well, let's see here. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Indians are scoring runs. Five two. <laughs> Stephen Kwan scores on a Josh Naylor double. Score is now five to two. Hooray. Oh. Yeah. Um, so one more Apple TV broadcasts, according to uh, Mark Orr, on June the 17th against the Astros. Uh, nice. All right. So do we have a time. Do we have what, what day of the week is that, Mark? And uh, if it's Apple what, TV, it'll be on Friday. It'll be a Friday night. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a Friday night game. Yep. All right. Yeah, the Peacock ones are the ones that are early Sundays. Yeah. Um, So yeah, and that was that was actually really good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. No, I thought so as well. And it's nice, you know, having our hometown guys on there. But I like that the way that they did it. They got one national guy, which is Benetti, which happens to be our guy, but. They also got a color commentator from the White Sox that knows the White Sox, and then they got one that knows the Red Sox. Heaven forbid you actually have guys who actually know what's going on with the teams calling the games. It's It was definitely a lot better than that Apple TV uh, nonsense that was going on. Hey, you know, I want to point I want to point out something. Um, because yep. they're talking about on the broadcast right now, they're talking about the Tim Anderson bobblehead. Okay. And I don't know if you paid attention to the um, the promo that they had up for the Tim Anderson bobblehead game. 
I did not. Okay, so the first 20,000 people get the Tim Anderson bobblehead. Okay. Now, if you, uh, and I just happened to notice this the other day, I was watching the uh, Dodgers game over the weekend um, when they were playing uh, the Giants, I believe, and they were talking about the uh, Max Muncie bobblehead giveaway that they've got coming up in uh, the near future. How many how many people do you think get that Max Muncie bobblehead on the Max Muncie bobblehead day? In uh, if, if I had to guess, all of them? 40,000, first 40,000 people at that game get a bobblehead. So pretty much all of them. It's pretty close to everybody. Yeah. So why is it that... Only 20,000 people are getting the Tim Anderson bobblehead. I mean, I'm just curious. And I don't know if there's like some sort of thing that I don't know about. I mean, there very well could be. I'm not as well informed about uh, those kind of things. But to me, it seems like every single uh, promotion that I saw advertised on that Dodgers game, everybody that's coming to that game is getting that promotion. Not so yep. much with the White Sox, which actually brings me to something that I've seen discussed mm-hmm. on Twitter quite often, especially on stadium giveaway days at guaranteed rate. The lines to get into the park on those giveaway days. Yeah, they're backed up. Ridiculous. <laughs> there are people in line almost to Midway Airport for crying out loud. I mean, it is ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah that uh, the uh, the hockey sweater day. I saw a lot of complaints, and every single every single entrance was exactly like that. So yeah. it's not just you know the people trying to get in in the outfield entrance it's not you know the third baseline or the first baseline it's every entrance every gate at the park so and according to Xavier it says the Dodgers also have a lot more bobblehead days than the Sox do which is nice and you know what i cannot disagree that would be nice yep it would be you know especially when you've got this lineup that we've been waiting to see come together and uh, these guys are all here playing together now for, well, most most of the guys we've been waiting to see have been playing together for last season plus. And uh, you would think that, you know, we would get a bobblehead for everybody. Yeah, you would think. I mean, especially, you know, they go through the effort of making some, actually some really nice bobbleheads. Like this Luis Robert Alloy one that they've got is hilarious. And (laughs) only half the people that come to that game are going to get that bobblehead. Yeah, and you got to get there early. You have to get there way early. You you can forget about tailgating for that game if you want to go and you want to get your bobblehead. You're going in and when they open the gates. Absolutely. So not only, you know, it's like, and that's the thing that people love about Guaranteed Rate is that they go there, they can tailgate, and then go into the game. However... 
The problem being is that when there's a stadium giveaway, if you have any interest in that giveaway whatsoever, that perk of getting to the park early and hanging out in the parking lot, it's non-existent at this point because if you want to get in and get that bobblehead or, you know, well, yeah, hockey you get sweater, to hang out in the parking lot with, you know, 25, 30,000 other fans in line. You're mm-hmm. not actually, you know, in the parking lot grilling up your favorite encased meat or, uh, you know, throwing the old cornhole. Uh, <laughs> Colty says it's rigged. It is rigged. <laughs> uh, you know, Mark Gore and I uh, are, are longtime friends. And, uh, you know, we try to do a few games together every year. And we do the tailgate thing every time. And we'll get a group of 12, 15, 18, 20 people. And we'll throw the grills out there and we'll cook up some burgers and some dogs and sausages, whatever we get. We've even hired a taco guy to come out and uh, throw a bunch of meat on a plancha and, you know, cook us up some tortillas. And, you know, and we enjoy that. Nice. We enjoy hanging out with our friends and throwing bags for an hour and a half, two hours before the game. And, uh, you know, when beers are $15, $17 for, a, you know, a 16, 20-ounce can of beer over there at the game. You like to have uh, a few, you know, get uh, lightly lubed before uh, walking into uh, what could be a, a, a disappointing game at times, you know, the way the White Sox have been the last five years. Um, yeah, uh, when you take that away, it kind of takes away some of that uh, that swagger that it is to be a White Sox fan. You know, those guys on the north side, those fans don't get that. They get... Uh, you get what you say? What do you call it? The ivy covered piss pot, which uh, can pretty much extend in about a half a mile radius all the way around that stadium. Well, I mean, you know, and this is something that I wanted to bring up is that I went to one of the crosstown games. Uh, my buddy Kevin is a season ticket ticket holder for uh, that Northside team, and so he asked me if I wanted to go, and. So I did go, and I had a awesome time hanging out with him. Um, and you know what else was really awesome? Getting into the park. It literally took me <laughs> 15 seconds. I walked up to the gate. I didn't have to sit there and unload anything out of my pockets. I didn't have to do anything. He just scanned his phone with a person who was manning a scanner like a uh, standalone scanner, and they have the um, metal detectors that do it with cameras rather than with wands, and it can tell whether you have firearms or knives on you uh, just with the technology. And, you know, for those of you who do not know, I work in the gaming industry, we have also had this kind of um, technology, so you don't have to empty out your pockets when you come in. We don't have to sit there and wave the wand at you. Um, we have also uh, explored technology that when the COVID lockdown was coming out, uh, we had cameras that could read your temperature as you were coming into the building. So we could tell if you had a fever. This kind of security tech does exist. However, 
for w- unknown reasons uh, over, you know, the past. Are they really unknown? I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there, you know. I mean, it's. I like, mean, you know, the team operates like a poverty team sometimes. I, you know, I hate to say it, but they do. They act as if they are, you know, not making any money whatsoever. You know, we get the stadium upgrades. We 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 get a bar on the outside of the stadium a few years back. You know, they did the fundamentals deck, which was a great addition years ago. Yep. But then we get we get an ugly goose out in right field for a couple of seasons because they decided they wanted to do a partnership with Modelo Goose Island. And here we are two years later, that ugly goose is gone, and now we've got this Miller Lite deck back out there. And yep. there really isn't much going on. There was no improvement. There was not, you know, <laughs> we got a new scoreboard. What was that, about five years ago now? Five, six years? Yep. Yay. But uh, we still got fans waiting in line for you know an hour. Yep. Before game time, it's absurd trying to get themselves yeah. a, trying to get themselves a. a it, you know, don't get me wrong. It, the, the the hockey jersey I thought looked pretty sharp. Oh yeah, for sure. But, uh, it was great. It, it, you know, uh, it didn't look like it was made like you know say a, a game worn. You know the quality of it wouldn't be like something you would see the Blackhawks wear. Yeah. On ice, the sweater, but uh, you know, either way, you got fans fighting, fighting to get these things. And like it was mentioned in the in the chat, you know, the Sox, the Sox are a, a better team, first time in the history of the franchise to go back to back playoffs. Yep. And uh, you know, you're hoping for more this season, and they're drawing more fans than they have in a long time. And you want to cheap out? Oh, on hey, look at yeah, that! Look at that! So, uh, I wonder if uh, Jason Benetti or Steve Stone's swearing on air right now. I don't Doubtful. think so. Um, yeah, so as... Uh, That's the most wholesome duo in baseball. Mark Orr mentions July 4th, Conurco Captain America outfit bobblehead. First 12,000 people get that bobblehead. 12,000 on the 4th of July. On the 4th of July. Do better, White and, Sox. Yeah, and that bobblehead is... I mean that thing looks awesome. It does look cool. Yeah, this uh yeah, there's there's just so many things, you know, that are just <laughs> How can anybody mention that stuff like this that exists that keeps on getting pointed out that it's not a financial you know something to do with financial with the white Sox. that's how it's always about money always and it feels like it's always the fan that's the one who's taking the brunt of this whole thing when it comes to the money thing you know like they up the up the parking this year as well if if i remember correctly to uh 30 does that sound right uh you know what i don't know because i did not prepay parking for the tickets i had i have also not done that so i can't say but i do believe i think i did hear that they are uh that they did up the parking price and um yeah it's just you know less value which you know okay fine the team is good now so i get that however when the team gets better being able to provide 
additional services for your fans that are coming out to the games, it seems like it would be a no-brainer that you would provide extra services for the lesser value. You know, ticket prices go up. <sighs> parking, parking prices go up. up. Yeah. Plus, Sending as up. mentioned earlier, is that no matter what you do, unless you're walking to the game, getting to that park is a nightmare. Yeah. And you're going to, you know, it. when I drive from work, after uh, after work, I drive to the games sometimes. I actually have stopped doing that. I started taking the L because driving to the game... It takes me an hour and a half to get from Rosemont to the stadium. And that's if, yeah, that's I gotta, if I leave at 4.30. I got to be honest with you. I Mark and I probably live in the one area where it's not a major hassle. Yeah, it's south side. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Hey, we're in the southwest. Yes! Sorry. Just uh, jump there. Uh, you know, oh. we were talking about somebody who was struggling a little bit. Yeah, hey, look at that. AJ Pollock. Maybe his bat's starting to come around. Here. Hey, man, eight runs in one game. Now we have to see if this eight runs in one game is going to affect the next couple of games. Six of which have come off home runs, by the way. Yeah. Just, just thought I'd throw that out there. But at least they're hitting home runs with guys on base, and they're not just solo shots. Like we've seen in the past. Hey, well, you know what? It's always going to be a solo home run if there aren't guys on base. <laughs> Just point that out. And I would also like to point out for the Apple TV, uh, the <laughs> Apple Plus uh, broadcast, it is mathematically impossible to cut a three-run lead in half. I'd just like to point that out. Yeah, oh, I Yeah. <laughs> I heard about that too. I did not have it on. Yeah. For oh, that yeah. again, I had it muted at that point, but uh I saw some tweets. <laughs> yeah. Um <clears throat> well, now that uh we are uh, up 8 to 2, uh I'd like to uh go ahead and bring up Oh, there's Timmy. Timmy. Some Oh, Grimtall resubscribe. Thank you, sir. 10 months. Wow, time is flying. Holy cow. Yeah. Thanks you for for keeping us honest, man. Forgot to unsub again. Eh. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, I'd like to bring up the uh, promotion that was brought up by our White Sox Dailies, uh, Dan Victor, last night. Uh, that Sean Burke got promoted from the Dash up to the Barons yesterday. After... Uh, absolutely uh, perplexing. Uh, who the heck were they playing yesterday? I can't even remember. Green uniform, that's all I can remember at this point. Uh, kind of flushed it out after the second game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he got promoted. He had a uh, – let's see here. I got it all written down. Um I thought I had it all written down. Uh, yeah, he had like a somewhere around like a two point four ERA, I wanna, and like a one point two or one point one WHIP for the dash, which is uh, down there. That's pretty stinking good. Um, on Sunday, mm-hmm. he uh, threw. I think it was four 
4.2 or 5.2. I'm trying to remember. This 4.2 um, gave up two hits, zero runs, and uh, the fact that uh, with how nasty his pitches were looking, the fact that he gave up two hits was uh, pretty pretty incredible. So awesome uh, to see a third rounder from last year already getting promoted and rightfully so getting promoted. Um, he's been pitching really well and, um, you know, what else can you yeah, say? He was, he was another one of those guys that, uh, you know, you weren't even sure was going to be around for the white Sox to draft in the third round and somehow, some way just kind of fell to them. And, uh, you, you know, I think maybe he was a little undervalued in that draft and the white Sox uh, pulled the trigger and, uh, you know, thankfully they did because uh, I think the guy's got a lot of upside. And, uh, you know, uh, it's the one thing this organization does well. They draft and develop pitching quite well, especially pitching. Bullpen. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, no. Uh, Grimtel says Grimtel. the Indians are bad. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the weird thing is that they had the number one offense in baseball and they still managed to be 500 or, you know, just mm-hmm. above 500 which is which is like how does that how does that even happen i don't i, don't, I mean and the nah. thing is their pitching's not bad either you know look at this the 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 uh i don't even know what to call you guys but it, you guys always seem to jump in late on our broadcasts and uh grim tall and truth sayer like to like to jump in late but when they do they chime in with some pretty good stuff so <laughs> yeah i have no idea <laughs> Uh, oh, they yeah. call Terrell Tatum back up to the dash. That's cool. I did not see that. Um, one thing uh, that I wanted to bring up is who the next promotion is going to be. And a lot of people have been calling mm-hmm. for uh, Yolbert to get promoted. Um, but I would like to point something out uh, about Yolbert. And I like Yolbert. Um, the issue, hey, what's up, coach? How you doing? Thanks for stopping in. Appreciate it. Um, the one thing that I have to say about Yolbert is that, look at this. You know, he's got a 776 OPS, and this is the same thing that happened when he got promoted to Birmingham last year. Is that it took him a while to find his power stroke. And he only has two doubles for the Knights right now in 11 games, which, you know, isn't terrible, you know, keep in mind. I'm not saying he's bad. I mean, the guy's batting like 340. However, as the conversation that we had uh, just pre-stream is that one uh, Zachy Flats, Zach Remillard, for the same team, the Knights, he is... Trailing Yolbert, I believe, by about 20 points in batting average, but he has 110 points, I believe, on OPS. Yeah, and he's, he's like, only got one home run. OPS. And he only one has game. one home run. No, but he's got a bunch of doubles. Exactly my point, is that if he's only got one home run and he has 100 points higher OPS than Yolbert does, that means that Yolbert's hitting a lot of singles. And yeah. he has he's yeah. driven in some runs, which is nice. Sankey Flats has got uh I believe he's got twelve walks on the season as well, which Yolbert's not doing, he's not walking. Uh 
yeah, Remillard, and, and you know, you, I'll let you finish your thought, but I want to I want to talk about this a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, but see, here's the so Grimtall mes- mentions that you know Yulbert has been performing well, but Mendick slaps it in AAA. See, the difference is is that they're completely, totally different hitters. Is that Yulbert is not necessarily the the guy who's like a 15 to 20 home run in triple a guy. I don't think at least not yet. Um, I think that he's more like a, uh, a 10 home run guy in Charlotte and probably like a five or six guy at guaranteed rate. Um, but what he is doing is he's playing really nice defense. Uh, he, I th- believe he has one error, and I think it was on a throw, if I remember correctly. Um, but he plays a really good defense, and he's a contact hitter. And he'll sit there, and he'll do the uh, slap Nick magical yeah. thing just the same and sit there and drop in singles all the time. And uh, at least that's what he did in Winston-Salem, and that's what happened when he started at Birmingham. Now, as the year progressed in Birmingham, he started letting the uh, letting it eat a little bit and would, you know, swing and try and hit the ball hard instead of just trying to make contact. I kind of feel that he's in that mode right now where he's trying to prove that he belongs and not trying to press and do something stupid that's going to make his value less. Because I'm almost positive that they're not looking for power out of Gilbert Sanchez, but, um, you know, I kind of have a feeling that he eventually will start swinging with a little bit more authority. It's just going to take a little, you know, a little while to, uh, to get going. So yeah, no, Gilbert's been great. I'm not going to complain about what Gilbert's doing at all. I'm just simply pointing out that the power numbers and the OPS is low. And generally what's happened with him in every level that we've seen him on is that he starts off as a contact guy, and as he gets more comfortable at that level, then he starts swinging it with a little bit more authority. Yeah, so, I think he just, he's like you said, he's one of those guys he'll feel his way through. Yeah, it's just going to take him a minute. He'll he'll fill his way through, and uh, he'll find uh, Uh, Tanner uh, Andres Jimenez. Jimenez just uh, goes deep for the uh, the Guardians. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I mean, yeah, he's he'll fill his way out, and uh, when he does, when he when he feels like he's you know got the pitching timed, and you know he feels like he's doing his his job, like like you said, I think he'll. uh, He'll start to stroke the ball a little bit more, but he, I don't think he's ever going to be a big power numbers guy, no matter you know what. Yeah, I think I think the <laughs> uh, I think that the majority of his power, what you're really looking at, is going to be doubles and triples with an occasional home run. That's where his OPS boost is going to come from, and he and he'll have and more I'm doubles. I'm fine with that. I'm yep. fine with that. If he's going to hit gappers, he's got some. You know, he's not the. He's he's not you know, uh, Billy Hamilton fast, but he's he's got a little bit of speed. Uh, he's definitely rangy at second base. Yeah, which I mean, the thing is, is that if you watch him, uh, if we watch him run, he's not really especially fast. I mean, he's 
he can move, but he's not, uh, like you said, he's not Billy Hamilton. But when he's playing second base, the thing that he does really well is his reads are fantastic. So he'll get to balls that he shouldn't be necessarily getting to just because he's reading the ball really well off the bat, which is really nice to see. Um, One thing, and if you are not following us at Daily White Sox on Twitter, um, then you probably don't know this. Um, But last year, uh, a particular player was in the Braves farm system and blocked by 20 outfielders, it seems like. Um, At the time, you had uh, Christian Christian Pache, you had... uh, Acuna, obviously, you had Eddie Rosario, you had uh, Soler got over there, Jock Peterson was there, you had uh, Marcelo Zuno, who is suspended, but now is back. Here we go. Um, But, uh, so... The defense implodes. Yes. uh, Double A, you had Tyler Nesloni, who was blocked by... Uh, Drew Waters and it's all the, it's the Braves. So their farm system, you know, their farm system is stacked. Um, right. The White Sox, who had a who had a lack of outfielders in the system, decided to trade cash for Tyler Nesloni, who was in Double A and had started the year off slowly for uh, for the Atlanta affiliate, and. Um, he has more or less hit 330, 340 since he moved to the White Sox. He's done nothing but hit. He's got absolutely nothing to prove in double A at this point. Um, the guy just keeps on hitting the baseball, and yet he's still sitting in double A. Now, on the plus side, um, yes, Tanner Banks was due to give up some runs, and this that does not really surprise me all that much. Um, although zero outs at this point is, is a little rough. Um, the plus for Tyler Nesloni and why I think that I would not be surprised if, uh, he's in Charlotte this week is that Dwight Smith Jr. just got released, uh, who the White Sox signed over the, uh, over the lockout. And, um... Uh, and also they cut ties with Luis Basabe, who was hitting like 130 or something like that for the right. Knights. Um, so now you have uh, Mark Payton, who they signed as a free agent. Uh, Adam Hazley, who they traded for. Um, and then you have Mike Rodolfo and Blake Rutherford. Those are your four in, your four outfielders that are in Charlotte at the moment. Um, I haven't seen any news, but I would 100% not be surprised if Nesloni ends up in Charlotte and starts taking somebody's playing time. Um, Because as of right now, there's six outfielders in Birmingham. You don't need six outfielders. Uh, Ian Dawkins just came off an injury. Uh, Alex DiStino came off of injury a couple weeks ago. Um, You have Uelke. You have Nesloni, you have Didolo, and then uh, another guy that they traded for last year from the Red Sox, uh, Jagger Rusconi, also in Birmingham. And uh, Nesloni's numbers are 
heads above everybody else at this point there. And uh, it seems to be that there is a, uh, you know, a need for movement for him to get bumped up to uh, up to Charlotte. Yeah, 355 with a 1121 OPS. He is mashing. Uh, he came up, uh, I think he came up a double short for the cycle the other day. Um, and then he hit a home run again yesterday. I mean, the guy is just out of his mind right now. I thought it was a single short. Of It might have been a single short. I think he he had the he had the three harder ones that maybe not maybe I'm confusing him with somebody else. It might have been the single. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the guy's been just crushing the ball uh, yeah. all season, and uh, and like thing was is that the, just the unfortunate thing for him is that he happened to be in Atlanta system, and no matter I mean even if he had hit two fifty or two sixty instead of one twenty five or whatever that he was hitting to start off the year last year, no matter what he's still blocked by, you know, 12 guys, you right. know, he wasn't getting right. up. So, um, I'm kind of figuring that he's probably, uh, he's probably on his way up. Um, so, so here, I, I was taking a look today at, uh, Hey, look at that. Holy cow. Got some outs. Um, I noticed that, uh, you know, I've been watching the obviously I've been watching the minor league games. Um Birmingham. I'm sitting here watching Birmingham and you look at their stat line for all the hitters. And I feel like with Nesloni, he's hitting like 340. You got a, quite a few guys who are hitting really well at Birmingham. So much so that they're first in OPS in the Southern League. They're hitting. They're fourth in walks and uh, fourth in Ks, and uh, they're tied for second in home runs. So they're, the offense is pretty good. Um, kind of one of those things that you really don't pay attention to until you really you know, take a minute to look at it is I knew that the pitching wasn't doing so well. Um, last in ERA with a 4.56 staff ERA, not good. That's owie. Yeah, a 1.36 whip, also not Oof. good as a staff. Um, they are at a 2 to 3 walk to hit ratio. Oh. Yeah, uh opposing uh opposing batting average, I've got it here uh Oh, what the heck? I can't even read my own handwriting. Uh, batting average against 273. That's up there. Yeah, not good. So, uh, oh, sorry, it's a 5.74 ERA, worst in the in the Southern League, and 1.57 WHIP. That's one. The, oh, so you're over a one and a half walks and hits per inning. Yeah, that's that's how you get there from a, uh, you know, from such an awful walk to hit ratio. But the thing is, is that the worst part about it is, is that, uh, one of the guys that was looked at is a guy who was supposed to take the next step. And you can really see when he's pitching, you can see that he has really, really nasty stuff. Uh, Jason Billis, uh, he was one of the guys that, uh, a bunch of the, um, 
publications were saying was going to take a step this year and he could see time in Chicago this year. If he keeps on pitching like he's pitching right now, he's not getting out of double A. Nevertheless, coming up to pitch for the White Sox this year. Yeah. Uh, he was he was where the 4.56 ERA is and 1.36 whip with the 2 to 3 ratio. Um, and he's got a two point uh, a two sixteen batting average against. Now he hasn't been terrible, and you can see that he has really nasty stuff. However, the thing that seems to elude him is uh, consistent command, and this is one of those things. You know, we saw it with uh, we saw it with Cease. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Some kind sometimes command takes a while. He's one of those guys, just like I said with Cease, the first time that everybody was clamoring to get him up, and then when he came up and he was walking a bunch of guys, and everybody was like, oh, you know. He's broken. Yeah, it was. <laughs> if you have watched what these guys are doing down in the minors, you knew that that was what Cease was going to do when he came up. And uh, have we made it through the stream without mentioning Connor and I'm going to say Pilkerton. Plinker, Plinker, Plinkerton. Plinkerton. <laughs> Connor Pilkington. I have meant, I have not mentioned Connor Pilkington until right this moment. Yeah, we made it to this far anyway. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Hendricks is coming in. Oh, yeah. holy cow. To man. get the final out with two men on. That is brutal. Um You know what though? As long as he can uh, as long as he can take care of business, I'm uh I'm I'm fine with Non-safe that. Non-safe situation. Yeah, that is. Ugh. Um, but you know, uh, I don't think that Billis uh, is ready yet. Uh, as as mentioned, uh, the word that uh, was used in chat about uh, Yulbert needing to marinate. I'd say it's uh, fairly evident that uh, Jason Billis needs to marinate. Um, he is going to need to have much better command than he's been having. Uh, I think the last two outings for him, he's been at like roughly around like 50, you know, 53, 54% strikes uh, for the game. And uh, the walks have been creeping up and uh, not so good. So, and, and you know, and like I mentioned, you know, he was the guy. He was one of the guys that was in Double A that was supposed to be one of the guys that was making a step this year, and so far just hasn't been, you know, hasn't hasn't happened. So, um, yeah. So there's that. All right, let's see what Liam can do here. Oh, 99 on the outside. Yeah, 99 twice, back to back. Oh yeah, look at that. 02. Oh. Guys, uh, seems like he's uh, found his stuff here. I know I'm obviously, yeah. uh, you know, burying a slider in the ground, but um, you know, compared to where he was for the for you know a couple, couple of games there, teams. yeah, we were wondering uh, when that was gonna, you know, when he was going to uh, start picking it up. It's nice to see that he's that he has done that. So well, as it was mentioned more than once on this show, uh, he was tipping pitches. It was actually pretty obvious if you went back and looked after uh, you were told what was happening. Uh, and if you know regular fans like ourselves and folks on Twitter were seeing this, 
Uh, you can't tell me that uh, professional baseball clubs did not see the same thing. And uh, somebody probably, you know, sat down with them and said, hey, this is what you're doing. You're you're telling everybody exactly what you're throwing up there and when you're throwing it. And uh, he has since stopped. And uh, the gas came along with it, too. He's, I mean, he's really throwing some heat up there lately. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. the case early. Oof. Consistent. Gets tagged. Yeah, consistent 99, you know, for the most part. Although uh, then 97 gets smoked to the outfield. Hey, but the, uh, get that ball out of your glove, AJ. Crying out loud, dude. Um. Well, does this become a safe situation now? Uh, it shouldn't be. It's four runs, he, and he's the one who loaded the bases. So I don't I think say, he put the guy on. It doesn't, yeah. If the bases were loaded when he came in and he only had to get that one, that would have been a safe situation. But yep. uh, since he put that guy on, I don't think it counts. Oh, I haven't had that one. That's a. I think that's a newer flavor, actually. Uh, oh, get the F out of here. We are tied. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> well, good thing they scored eight runs, huh? Because uh, yeah. if they hadn't scored eight runs, it wouldn't be tied right now. So, uh, Josh Naylor. Wow. That's brutal. And just he's, like that. Yeah, he's driven in, what, six of their runs today? Something like that? Yeah. 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 Eesh. Oh, good times. Oh, <sighs> now I know how Hawk felt. Well, this, you know, this is, this is what happens when, when Liam gets brought in in non-safe situations. It, it really is. I don't is. know what it is. It, it yeah. just, it, it just seems like anytime it's a non-safe situation, he's going to give up a dinger. Yeah. Yeah, and he unfortunately, was good at this that. one came with the bases juiced, which he juiced. Oh. Yeah, at least. Well, the third I mean, one. you know, in the, yeah, to put the last guy on. Uh well, here we go. <laughs> oh, yo, yo, almost throws that one away. Oh, that's amazing. All right, well, I guess uh, it's going to be we get to see some free baseball here tonight. So, yay. Free baseball. Uh, hey, man. Bottom of the ninth is coming up. What do you mean, free baseball? Is the bottom of the ninth just, free baseball? Yeah, I'm sorry. You're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're correct. I'm Mr. Negative. Myself, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're being way too <laughs> negative right off the bat. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, I, I will, I will, I'll eat my words on that one. My bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe I was projecting. <laughs> Hendricks should have to run the bases in the 10th for this. Yeesh. Oh, well, put you know. It, put them on a second. <laughs> yeah, if we're not uh, if we don't understand the rules on the on the double switch still this year, um then we've got Tony uh, had, Tony might actually do that. <laughs> ugh, brutal. Uh so anyways, you know, we were talking about uh we're talking about Tyler Nesloni a little bit there. And uh it was mentioned in the chat that, you know, there are, there are other folks that agree he needs to go up. And that he's 28 years old. Yeah, and he's not one young. Of the other, one of the other names that we mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, we we're talking about third baseman Zach Remillard, who's also 28 years old. And the White Sox 
decided when Yohan Moncada came up to send down uh, a struggling Jake Berger, a recently struggling Jake Berger. Correct. I mean, he he'd started out pretty well, uh, but the last week and a half, two weeks, he's had a bunch of K's. Just looked a little lost at the plate. And uh, you and I have been uh, we've been talking for some of those youngsters. I mean, Berger is pretty much a rook in my books. You know, he he saw a little bit of time uh, with the, with the club, but you know, he's he's a rookie, and the, you know, this cup of coffee. Pitchers kind of figure out batters after between 80 and 100 at-bats, 80 and 125, 150 at-bats, and most of these rookies go through that. And Jake was kind of right in that neighborhood. And, uh, you know, it's kind of sucks to see. And, yeah, I get that, you know, you, you send him down to uh, to the Knights, and, you know, you, you think that he's going to get constant at-bats. But we spoke about... Remillard and how Remillard was a you know handful of behind Yolbert Sanchez, yet he had that OPS that was almost a hundred points or more better than Yolbert. And I you know I got to think he's another twenty eight year old guy who he seems to be finding it. And you know it's been talked about over and over again. Development's not linear. And uh, Zach's got a little bit of pop in his bat as well. He has he's only I think he's only got one or two dingers this year. Yeah, I one. think he's the one. Yeah, uh, but he's shown in the past that he can hit some bombs and he can hit some some really good long shots. Yeah, he can get on the streets for sure. One. Now the thing here's my here's my question. Now Jake Berger comes down there; he's probably going to start pretty much every day, and you've got Yolbert Sanchez who's playing second base, and you know you've got a couple of shortstops in uh, Charlotte that are. Okay. And what do you do with Zach Remillard at 28 years old? Yeah, see that's the that's part of the problem that this uh that this organization's got at this point is that uh they drafted college guys that were more advanced bats for so long and weren't picking up any prep guys and the guys that they were signing out of the international were also older guys, more developed players. So now the problem is is that yes, you've raised the floor for the floor for the uh, for the floor system. For the whole system, you've raised the floor and you've also, you know, raised the ceiling because they've gotten a lot of talented, you know, a lot of talented guys, which a lot of them have moved up, which is why you have the bottom ranked farm system. However, the issue is is that now all of these college guys that you've been drafting for four or five years, they're all, you know, with 2020, they lost a year of development, and now these guys are all like 28, 27, you know, which they should be, if they're going to do something, they should be up there already. I mean, the good thing that uh, Remillard has going for him is that he can play multiple positions, which is which is good for him, um, right. and you know if Mendick continues to struggle the way he has, you know that might be your replacement for for Mendick, uh, assuming that uh, you know that Romy Gonzalez once he comes off the IL here he's had like a I think he's had like a uh, a strained back muscle or something for the last couple of weeks. Um, once he gets back, 
you know, assuming that he doesn't now that he's healthy and not trying to uh, play through a bad back that, you know, if he doesn't start raking again, that maybe if Mendick continues to struggle with the bat, that, you know, Remillard could get that chance to come up and be the guy. And, you know, we know from uh, from Remillard's college career is that he has the ability to be that, uh, you know, to be on a championship team. You know, he won the uh, College World Series with Coastal Carolina. He has, you know, at least a, a pseudo amount of pedigree, you know, for, uh, you know, as much as you could say about a, a utility guy, you know. Right. And uh, and like you mentioned, you know he does have uh, he does have some pop in his bat, and he does have the ability to, you know, to to pop a a long ball. Yeah, it's just unfortunate when you see these kinds of things that you realize that uh, Leary Garcia just got seventeen million dollars. <laughs> It plays more than why anybody else. Why did you do? Why? Why? I had to. Oh, I can't let it go. On, I'm. I'm sorry. I can't let it go. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. So brutal. It's um, the White Sox 9/11. Never. Yeah. Forget. Uh, I. I don't know if you happen to see it today, but um, James Fox wrote an article about the White Sox uh, hmm. draft bonus that's coming up for this year. And how it's one of, I don't know if it's, I can't remember if it's the lowest, but it's one of the lower bonus pools out of all MLB for the draft this year. And it has uh, a lot to do with the fact that they are a viewed as a large market team. And... You know, without, you know, they they didn't spend the money. They didn't do the qualifying offer for Rodon. And because of not doing that and getting the extra compensation pick that they're losing out on an additional $800,000 of bonus pool money for the draft. Um, and, uh, you know, I it's just like the you look at the fact yes they had an awful farm system for quite a while and that had a lot to do with uh you know trading away some of their better players um for win now moves um back when Kenny was around uh and you know into the beginning of uh Hans tenure as the uh GM um you know they you got to think uh came with a leash the, the early part of Hans' tenure as general as it manager. still does, does is my guess. Yeah, we uh, much less of one now than say at the beginning, but yeah, it's pretty obvious that there is a leash still. Otherwise, uh, we would have probably seen some of the names that we pined for in White Sox uniforms, and we probably would have seen a different manager here on the <laughs> south side. But I digress. Anyways, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like that. The the thing that they did that that worked out well was raising the floor of the whole system, you know, by drafting the uh, the advanced college bats. That worked right. out great. The unfortunate thing is that they did, they did it for too long, and so now you've got the log jam. Same thing as uh, you know now they're drafting all these high school guys, but they're still drafting college bullpen guys, which is great. 
for the bullpen because they're going to continue to churn out those guys and not have to pay high dollar amounts for bullpen guys, even though they still spent $30 million on bullpen guys, even though they keep on churning <laughs> sure. out bullpen guys. So, like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just, uh, but, you know. When can we get a position player not named Louis? Not who? Not named Lewis Robert, because, yeah. I mean, he's really the only. And we're talking that's international draft on top of that. So, like. Yeah. I mean, when's the last? Well, Vaughn. Homegrown. Homegrown position player. Yeah, but, you know, the, I, the jury's still out on him, in my opinion. I know everybody else is ready to crown him. Yeah, well. It's like the, the best thing since sliced bread, you know, but I'm not ready to give him that crown just yet. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is 100% a problem, is the development yeah. developmental staff of the White Sox, is that they have not really developed a true positional player that has been worth anything really i mean like you know abreu international mancada trade slash international uh alloy trade alloy trade slash international i mean granted you know i'll say that you know that they did develop alloy at least to a point um they did you're absolutely right but you know, I mean, we did get him in uh, in advanced A, so I mean, we got him fairly, you know, low in the system. However, everybody was already pretty, you know, thought of that he was going to be a thing. Yes, Tim Anderson, that's the guy. Uh, that's like the only, the only guy because I mean, you know, like what do you got? You got Adam Engel, you know, uh, Danny Mendick. Uh, you had Zach Collins. He didn't do anything. I'm. I haven't looked at his numbers, but I'm assuming uh, that he's, he's fallen off. I would assume that he probably did fall off because he's selling out for power. And uh, you know, I mean, like for the most part, you know, that that's been the weak part of the uh, of the White Sox system is that they just are not available or uh, able to develop that positional positional talent. The pitching's been pretty good. You know, they got Cease. They developed him, even though it was a trade. They didn't draft him, but. You know, like they've been able to draft guys and then move them up in the pitching ranks. But positionally, it's just, you know, one it's failure brutal. after another, you know? It's brutal. I mean, you mentioned Tim Anderson, and I see that in the chat. But, you know, uh, where's the chat at on anything before Tim Anderson? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was still, you know, you're still talking eight years ago. Right, and you know? you know, and it and it took Tim three years to find his his niche, his groove. Yep, you know he had he had some defensive struggles early on. The bat wasn't there. Now, granted, you know, thank God that, that Timmy has turned into a player that he has, where this guy just does it all. He does it all, and yeah, you know, he'll botch a play every now and again. But you know what? Most shortstops do. Yeah, it, it, you, you can't be perfect out there. They, you know, he's probably not going to win a Gold Glove. I don't really care. He's more than serviceable at his position. Yeah, uh, he's he's got a gun. He's going to get some of those those speedier players on some of the slower rolling uh, ground balls. He gets the balls in the hole. You know, uh, and he over the last three seasons might be the best hitter in baseball as far as average when you average out. All those seasons, you know. Uh, so, yeah, 
But besides Tim, uh, who, who else has done it? I mean, who else have they developed? Nobody. As, That's positionally. Yeah. Positionally, as a position player. Yeah, Trace Tim Sayer. Tim, you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Lance <He's>, Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he and Grimtall brings up a good point, is that there is a giant black hole in between 2008 and 2000. I mean, 2012 is being... Generous, very generous. Um, I'm thinking more like 16. I mean, granted, you know, Chris Sale, you know, you look at our first round picks, you look at the first round picks over the last I don't know how many years, yeah, you know, magical, hurt, banged up, gone. Yep, Zach Collins never developed, gone. Carlos Rodon developed and went through some injuries and. They just decided they didn't want to deal with it anymore. Injuries Go aided on. by the training staff. Right. I mean, you know. But again, he's a pitcher. And eh, right, exactly. He's not a position player. So, yeah. But, you know, you can go down the list and you can look at all these guys and say, well, what the hell happened? Yeah, it's it's ugly, man. And, and you know, like the thing is, is that, you know, you got. Uh, I mean, it was a staff-induced in- injury, you know, the uh, the training staff. Yeah, at least the pain. Don't worry about it. We'll rehab you. Yeah, exactly. We're not going well, yeah. to send you for surgery. Yeah, you don't get surgery. Uh, let's go ahead and rehab you for uh, four months, and then uh, and then we'll reassess. Uh, rehab and reassess. Yeah, that uh, worked out really well uh, for him. Uh, worked out really well for Alec Hansen as well, who also did that thing. Also worked out really well for Dane Dunning, who uh, also was told to, uh, you know, do therapy and try and rehab before he had his surgery. And oh yeah, then he had to have Tommy John surgery. Yeah, and who he uh, yesterday? Uh, I think it was yesterday in Game One against the Yankees had six no hit innings against the Yankees, so that was good. Dunning had Bases two juice. TJs. Why do I not remember that? With two outs. Dunning had two TJs. When did he have two? Did he have one before he was uh, before he was at Florida, or while he was at Florida? While remember. he was at Florida. Oh, okay. I think it was his junior year, actually. Yeah, I kind of flushed him out of my Thank memory because he's not here anymore. Other than I, that, I'm mad that he wasn't here. Get through. Oh. Come on. Uh, oh Jose, my God! Jose Ramirez, man. Bases loaded. Yeah, that's I'm just not trying good. to figure out why you're not pinch hitting for him in that situation. Bases juice, two outs. Because who are you going to play in the top of the tenth? Right. right. That, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Who else you got to put out there? Uh, it shouldn't really matter because if somebody pinch hit for him and won the game, you wouldn't have to play the top of the tenth. Just saying. Right, um, but uh, realistically, who who's left on the bench? Who are you going to have b- pinch hit for him? Danny Mendick. Yeah, no. Yeah. Whatever, man. Hey, right. Uh, anyway. yes, J- Josh Harrison. Forgot about Josh. Old Joshy Poo. I tell you, man. Yeah, I don't feel really good about either of them. I think I probably would have left Angle in. <laughs> so now you know why so now you know why yeah. they didn't pitch right. it for him. Yeah, it's a yeah. 
you know, I it was just that wasn't my emotions coming out. No, I get it. I mean, watching the game at hand, I'm not even thinking straight. I'm just like, hey, you know, and you know, you got to be honest. Jose Ramirez made a heck of a stab and throw on that. He did. He's a very yeah. good baseball player. That's the unfortunate thing is that uh, he always seems to manage to do something against the White Sox that uh, kind of buries him a little bit. So yeah, and as fast as Adam Engel is, I mean, that throw beat him by two and a half steps. Yeah. So that that's a heck of a play. Brutal. Review? Oh, a review on the I don't even think it's worth a review. I don't think it was even close to uh I don't even think it was close to being safe to be no. honest. Well I there I, I guess there's the the thought is is that the throw pulled him off the bag. Yeah, it looked to me like I, he like he uh kept his foot on just I think me. he came off the bag after the catch was made. Yeah, I mean I could be wrong, but it looked <coughs> to me it looked like his his foot stayed yeah. on the uh, stayed on the bag. Raylo is out there throwing his warm up pitches, so I don't think we're going to get any kind of re- nah. And you know what? I think that you know Raylo, you could do worse. I mean, you could put Tanner Banks out there. <sighs> Crickets. Yeah. This team does not suck. Sorry, Colty. That's not true. That is false. I will say that they're not playing up to their potential right now. Yes. But uh, I'll agree with that 1000%. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's here's the thing. We're already over against Cleveland. In the first three games of the season, and uh, you know, you you put up eight runs, and you go into the ninth with a six-run lead, or I'm sorry, a five-run lead. Did they get the third one in the eighth? I think they got the third run in the eighth. Yeah, that sounds. So you right. go, you go into the ninth with a with a five-run lead, and you struggle. Tanner Banks puts a bunch of guys on base. Gives up some. I'm sorry, not Tanner Banks. Uh, wow. Why am I? I'm drawing a blank here. Liam Hendricks? No, the guy who pitched before Liam Hendricks. Oh, uh, let's see. Joe Kelly pitched before him, and then uh, who pitched after him? I was too busy talking to pay attention. It was uh, was Matt Foster. Matt Foster. Which I actually did pay attention to. I just forgot about it. Yeah, 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 me too. But, But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, and this brings up something, you know, that that was tweeted about earlier is that the Indian, or sorry, Indians, the Guardians are um, the number one team versus right-handed pitching. So I understand possibly the the slight thought process behind bringing in Tanner Banks. And just like that, one pitch in, and it's already 9-8. Oh, three pitches in. My bad. Well, then. This is... All right. This is... Uh, <laughs> the whole feel of this stream yeah. Changed. Well, you know, I mean, it's uh, oh, let you me know, tell you. the thing is, is that I, I said it yesterday, 
that well, actually, I mean, I said it numerous times is that, you know, regardless of the, the team scoring eight runs is that the White Sox beat the Cubs and the Red Sox last week. And that was what, yeah. and, and you know, they did beat the Angels uh, two out of four. So they split with the Angels, who were in first place at the time. I don't know if they're still in first place, um, but it's close. Um, but the thing is, is that they beat the Cubs and they beat the Red Sox. And yes, while it was mentioned by numerous people that uh, good teams find a way to win tight games, is that that's not what that's not what's going on here? It's not what's going you on. Know? here. they're bum slaying. Yeah, they're not hitting. They're not scoring. And then here we go. We score tonight, and like, like I said, you know, it was almost like on during this stream. You cannot yeah. depend on the pitching to be stellar. Every single game, 162 games is a long season. These guys are not going to have a one point, whatever it was, 1.38 or 1.78, whatever it was. It was like something ridiculous over the last seven games that their, their uh, team ERA was under two. Yeah. Yeah. Truth Sayer says they finally scored eight runs and now the pitching is going to give it away. And I mean, it's already been given away. They've already let up nine runs for the evening. So yeah, I mean, you know, it just this, goes to show you, you, you gotta, you gotta be able to do both and you gotta put it all together at the same time. This is a crazy game. Yeah. I mean, like the way I look at it is that this, 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 uh, you know, what's going on here, you know, this could have happened whether the team was, you know, 20 and eight or whatever. I forget what the, you know what the addition <laughs> is the there but uh, baseball how can you not be no no i'm saying the record I, I forget exactly what the uh it was uh what 14 and 13 so 27 so had they been 20 and 7 this game still could have happened you no, know absolutely that they score eight runs and still manage to blow it in the ninth inning i mean it's 100 percent. no the possible. thing that sucks about it is it's the indians i'm sorry the guardians i'm having uh the, the same issue chuck garfine was having the other day yeah, well, see, like my thing is though, <laughs> is that at the, at this point of the season, if they were twenty and seven, I wouldn't care. You know what I'm saying? Like if this happened against the uh, the Guardians, um, I, I wouldn't. I would have just completely blown it off. You know, hey, this happens. But the thing is, is that they weren't twenty and seven. They had just and they're not a, scoring eight runs a game, and they are not scoring eight <laughs> runs a game. They are lucky to score three <laughs> runs a game, and you know, like. The thing is, they just gotten back over 500 after playing the Cubs and the Red Sox, who are, uh, if not both in last place, uh, the Cubs are really close. The only reason, oh no, they're not that close because they're the Reds are in their division. Which yeah. actually, at this Red's point, because the Reds, the Reds have rattled off a couple here against uh, the Pirates, and tonight I think that they were playing the Brewers and beating the Brewers. I don't, I didn't see what the what the score was at this point, but I mean. These are two bottom franchises, you know, like I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if at, you know, at some point that the Cubs were in last place in their division, that would not shock me. Um, and that's just, you know, that's who they just beat. So, uh, you know, am I really supposed to be, um, you know, stoked about them putting together a six game win streak? 
I'm happy that they put together a six game win streak. However, oh, a, a W is a W. It doesn't yeah, matter. How exactly. You get it. That's exactly. garbage. Yeah. That, that whole way of looking at things is that that's not what we do here. Uh, I'll never do that <laughs> as I don't care if they won 10 games in a row. The problem is, is that I see the issues and yeah. I can't overlook the issues and not bring them up and just turn a blind eye to it because they have won six in a row. You're a, you're a horrible fan. Yeah, horrible, horrible fan, and uh, I'm a, I'm super negative, you know? Yeah. I mean. Just so disagreeable. I'm very disagreeable. <laughs> I am. No, wait, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not disagreeable. I, I mean, but, you, you know, you see the numbers. Four errors tonight. Four errors. Errors that put runs on the board. Yep. You know, you take away that error in the first inning by Gavin Sheets, and this game doesn't even go to tide. White Sox win 8-7. Yep. Game over. Yep. Uh, you gave up some extra bases on errors early in the game. You, you move guys up uh, on the bases. On the base pass for the for the Guardians, and uh, you know all those things come back to bite you. You know that, and a, a couple of untimely walks, and here we are. Yeah, and it's, you know it's unfortunate, but you know it is a crazy game. And like you said, if the Sox were, you know, twenty and seven at this point, and you know those games are bound to happen, they're going to happen. The most frustrating part of this for me right now is a number one, like we've been saying, you know, a W. Sure. Okay. If you want to say it in terms of absolute definition, a win is a win. Correct. But how the White Sox are getting these wins right now is not ideal. They're beating some bad teams, and they're beating them by a run or two. And they're not scoring more than three in most cases. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's not fun to watch. I don't understand how people are like, oh, WSW. Wayne, well, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm tired of like Mark said it earlier in this in this stream tonight in the chat. How many times have we seen the White Sox go out and get two three runs in the first two innings and then not score again the rest of the game? Yeah, and sure they pull a win out, but you've got eight innings of nothing baseball, just yep. absolutely nothing happening. Yep, not putting together good at bats, not putting together you know a rally, you know not. Putting in runners and score, you know, when you've got guys and in yeah, runners scoring position, you're, you know. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I, when we get done here, or if somebody wants to pull them up now, by all means, please do. I want to know how many men have been left on base in the last two weeks. Oh, because I that's swear, a tough one. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying it's it's uh, it's been brutal. There have been a lot of times where there are guys on base and we just can't get anything going. They're just leaving a lot of guys hanging out. Yep. I mean, there's been a couple of times where you see a guy on third with one out, and you're thinking that guy's got to score, right? And he doesn't. Or you got to get more than one run in a situation. You got second and third. So yep. you get one run. Yeah, it's ugly, man. You know? I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that it's uh, that it hasn't been ugly. I mean, yeah, I understand that they've won six in a row coming into tonight, but I mean, We've seen these games. We know what's going on. The, the difference between tonight and the other games that they have won 
is they weren't giving away runs. And tonight they give away three three or four runs tonight on yeah. errors. I mean, Tim yep. Anderson's making errors and then laughing about it with the umpire, you know, because at the time they were up by six or whatever. But then uh, now... He almost threw one away right at the, the end of this last inning. Yeah. You know, you're in the 10th inning and, and you're... You're making a catch in short left field on a pop-up, and you see the guy. I don't remember who was on base at third base for the Guardians, but you see the guy. He's, he's a step a step and a half off the bag, and you almost throw the ball wide of Moncada yeah. just because you feel like, oh, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show off and, and try to catch this guy off guard. Uh, he was paying attention the whole way, Timmy. Just, make, just get the ball in. You know, and I, there's nothing wrong with these guys having a little bit of fun. I, by yeah, all means, absolutely good baseball not. when you're having fun. But, you know, they seem to be having more fun than they should when you're not putting up offensive numbers you should be putting up on a daily basis. Well, you know, I mean, it's, to be fair, they had one six in a row coming into tonight. And, uh, oh, hey, tie ball game. All right. I'll take that. Runners on the corners, no outs. This is one of those situations I was just talking about. If they can't win this with at least a sack fly, there is something wrong. In fact, you might even want to pinch hit Danny Mendick to get a sack fly because I feel pretty confident that he could actually he could like fly out, <laughs> do a fundamental thing of baseball, and get a uh, a pop out to the outfield. But then again, you never know. I mean, heck, you could uh, you could pinch hit uh, Dylan Cease. He's batting three seventy five for his career. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to look this up right now, and it's not cooperative. There we go, team batting. No, nope, that's not it. Oh, a bunt. Terrible. A bunt. You are bunting for one run with. With first and third runners on the corners. No, nah, there was yeah, it was guys on. Uh... I'm sorry. Yeah, it was first, first and second. second. Yeah, it was first and no, second. No, it was first. Was it first and second? I thought I it was get... first and third. You know what? Let me bring that back up. I was not. Uh, I was too busy looking up, trying to look up this uh, other thing that I'm being mad about right now, which is the uh, runners in scoring position. Sorry. Uh, no, I mean, it's not, you know. Oh, and now we get the intentional walk of Timmy. Yeah, well, the I mean, I do, I do the same. I would certainly want to take my chances with putting him back in the field again. Well, you know, the thing is, though, is you just bunted to open up first base or to, to, to take the open first base. Yeah. You move two guys. You can move these guys up. 90 feet, whatever. But you had no outs. Yeah, no, it was first and second. What'd you think was going to happen? Yeah. First What'd and second. What'd you think second. was going to happen? They were gonna, they're going to put Timmy on and hope that Yohan hits into a double play. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, and he's swinging for the fences on a hard Yeah, Manual Class A, 102 mile an hour cut fastball in on the hands, which that's not, uh, that is not Yohan's specialty. That's not his no. his pitch that he is uh, good at hitting. No, he he needs to get one out over the plate, especially from the left side. 
I mean, but if it's right over the heart of the plate, you never know. I got, you know, and it was mentioned earlier. I think it was Colton. Mm-hmm. Colton's <laughs> 10 that mentioned it, that Yohan uh, Mankata had almost been hit three times tonight. And I feel like in his last at bat, he was hit almost three times in just that last at bat. Yeah, alone. I mean, I don't want him to get comes hit. Off the IL I don't want him to get hit. At him. But uh, if he gets a hit by pitch to win this game, that wouldn't be the worst thing ever. No, sure wouldn't. He's already been hit once. Yeah, I mean, hit him in the pad. You know. Yeah, he took one off the elbow pad. Oof. High heat. I mean, Not that is to that. smoke. Yep, 101 up top. That's like when uh, Garrett Crochet came out against the Guardians and he was throwing 102, 103, and everybody that was on the Guardians was just whiffing right through it. So it's like the exact same thing. Hmm. All right, well. Here goes nothing. Ugh. All right, I'll take it. Although I, you know, wish he would have taken it off the uh, the old uh, elbow guard. Yeah. Yeah. Lean into one, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Just take one for the team, pal. Crying All out right, loud. Well, here we go. Oh, ground ball! Got the lead run at home. Yep, sure did. Base is still juice with two outs. I thought he might. He, it was <sighs> a slow roller. He might have beaten it, but it yeah, just not the case. All right, well, you know what? The next guy better get. Uh, who's coming up? It'll be uh, Abreu. Oh, that's a. <sighs> AJ Pollock getting. Did he have the paid. plate when he took out that ball? Yeah, he did. <laughs> Jumped up nice, though. I'm hoping yeah. that we can end this stream right now on a Jose Abreu. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind a RBI that, opportunity. It's that would been be White really Sox nice. daily. Yeah. For Danny Miller, I mean, Eskridge, have a good yeah, night. <laughs> that would be great. Let's hope that that's what happens and that uh, we can say seven in a row. But uh, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Jose just take here until he gets a strike. Yeah, sort of reaching out for something that's you know four inches off the outside corner. Yeah, Gosh. like a like the cutter so that's running away that. from him at 102 miles an hour on the outside part yeah. of the plate. Yeah, yeah, and he's then, been uh, reaching it for that outside pitch all season so far. Yeah, and the thing is, is he never hits that pitch well, so I don't know why he swings at no. it. No. Of course, he doesn't swing. He doesn't hit ball well. That's over the heart of the plate either. So, not right now, he's not. He'll hit. Yeah, that's just hundred miles an hour, middle, middle. He just that ball was past him before. As Hawkeroo says, gas, gas. It was middle, middle though, man. If he'd have got any part of the bat on, was going. Oh. Oh, an outside pitch, an outside slider that he's reaching for. Flailing. I guess technically it was on the corner of the plate, but you know you're not going to hit that pitch well, so why not just let it go and hope that he doesn't hit his spot again? Well, no, you, of... you just saw 102, and then he drops a 93-mile-an-hour slider on the outer half on Which you never hit anyway. Right. So why would you think that you're going to hit it now? And the only thing that it's going to give you the potential of is grounding out, so why, why even swing? Oh. Oh. 
Good lord. Oh lord. So I guess. We'll- uh, yeah, I guess uh, we'll just uh, have to. Uh... Man, I don't want to end end stream like this, but I also don't want to continue streaming past eleven because uh, you know bedtimes and all that. And uh, yeah, I hear the, you. The fact that uh, Colton's ten is up 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 downstairs. Stop. Yeah, aren't you? Aren't you happy that they? Yeah, as Grimtall mentions, I am also very glad that they bunted and gave away what an out. In the, what the hell? Was, like, who called for that bunt? You know who it was. <laughs> it's the guy who's living in 1987. That's who. You know, if I'm Joe McEwing, I'm not sending that signal. I'm not giving him that sign. I'm like, nah. You know what? Fire me. We're not yeah. doing this. Awful. I mean, he did his job. Oh, it was a good bunt. Yeah, I mean, you know, for a sacrifice bunt to move two guys over, yeah, it was a decent bunt. It, it, um, it just wasn't the right situation. Yeah, I know. I'm going to uh, see all sorts of uh, all sorts of negative tweets about the uh, strategy on that, and I'm going to uh, hear about it tomorrow when I listen to the radio. People complaining about giving away outs. Um, and well, rightfully you heard so. Here first. <laughs> Rightfully so. Uh, unbelievable. And now they got Burr going in the bullpen. Hey, you know what? Ryan Burr pitched okay yesterday. Uh, Whatever, man. Yeah, it's uh, this is one of those games where uh, some of the decisions here might... Uh, <sighs> had they been different... Might have uh, changed the outcome of the game. However, you know what definitely would have made uh, for a different outcome was not having four errors. Yeah, and that's what you're going to hear from the TLR stands tomorrow. They're not. Nobody's going to talk. The stands are going to defend the bunt because there were four errors that you gave up. Well, I didn't see TLR out there making the errors. Yeah. No, he was making the mental errors from the dugout. Thank you very much. Yeah. And and how does TLR's team go out so unprepared that they're making so many errors this early in the season? That's you know that actually that's that's something I've I've thought about is that you know he was supposed to be a guy that was going to come in here and was going to uh, be mm-hmm. very good for fundamentals and uh, yeah he's I gotta say to bring the finals with him. he's supposed to uh, be Hannibal and bring the whole plan together you know yeah and. Uh, that is not what's been happening. Why? That's odd. Yeah, that just happened. He just got. He's just coming out with the trainer. Yeah, Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, injury delay. Yeah. Ronaldo Lopez comes out with an injury. Sure, we'll find out about it a week and a half from now after he already has TJ or something. Uh, I'm wondering if it's a leg. It looks like he's walking. Yeah, who knows? Slight little limp. I don't know. Either Uh, way, it's not good. I don't have the broadcast volume on. I also do not. Yeah, so uh, that's... uh, Yeah, I think that this is a uh, good place to call it with uh, lots of uh, despair and, uh, and pain. Because uh, that's what uh, 2022 has been so far, is despair and pain. 
So why not despair? How could you say despair? They're on a six-game winning streak. That oh, that is true. You're a bad fan, Ian. That is true. I am uh, being way too negative (laughs) and disagreeable. (laughs) Disagreeable. You're so disagreeable. (laughs) I had to throw that one out there because somebody said it to me. Somebody called me disagree. You're just so disagreeable, and I was like, whatever. Like, who talks (laughs) like that? Uh, yeah, it's just one thing after another with this team, you know. And the if TLR stands are going to be out there again. Uh, it's mm. yeah. If it's not one thing, it's another. Tony made it. Tony made it thirty-three years. And Tony's made it over three decades, and he it is an MLB manager. You guys, you guys have never been an MLB manager. You'll never make it. Grimtall says this feels like a loss no matter what happens. And I have to agree because the fact that this even is if they going, win. Yeah. yeah, even if they win, Ronaldo's out with an injury and uh you lost You gave up a six run lead. Yeah, you gave up a six run lead and had four errors. So even if you win it, it's like, yeah, you idiot, you should have won it. And if you lose it, it's like more more uh more despair and pain. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, I guess, uh, it's a good place to call it, I suppose, because, uh, all we're going to do is sit here and complain about stuff for, for the next, uh, I next mean, half we were doing hour. so well. We were doing so well. Yeah, we were doing pretty, pretty well until, uh, well, he just stepped off the mound on his last pitch. Yeah. And I can't tell what. Did he just turn his ankle right there? I don't know. I I cannot tell. That's weird. Maybe they were waiting to see if they pinch hit for for Quan. But that I mean, yeah, because if he comes out, if he comes out for the inning, They can't take him uh, out before the at bat, right? I mean, they're not going to pinch hit for Quan though, because that's who's up, right? Uh, I mean, they're not. Yeah, they're not going to pinch hit for Quan. The guy's, you know. No, nah, he's been lighting it up. Yeah, so there's no way that that's going to happen. I, yeah, I don't know what the heck's going on. I was hoping that it was like some sort of a, a smart move by Tony, pulling him after he saw who was coming up. But then you know the fact that it's. That it's uh, Quan, that's not the case because uh, he's going to hit. So, all right then. Oh. Well, thanks for coming and hanging out in the uh, in the chat, everybody, <laughs> <laughs> and ta- and right. uh, for our TED talk tonight uh, about uh, what's wrong with uh, actually our last half an hour of TED talk about what's wrong with this team. Um. Yeah, so this will be out on podcast, uh, whitesoxdaily.substack.com uh, for uh, written content, uh, which we just yeah, retweeted. Yeah, listen if you want. We just, just retweeted the the, uh, the uh, Sean Burke uh, piece that uh, Dan Victor wrote uh, earlier this year before uh, he just got his uh, promotion uh, up to double A. And, um, yeah, at Daily White Sox on Twitter. Uh, for all sorts of minor league highlights and uh, White Sox highlights. If you're a bad fan too, yes. If you're a bad fan too, go ahead and give us a follow. Yep. If you're a good fan or a bad fan, we'll take we'll take uh, we'll take everybody. Yeah, we're not picky. 
Um, oh, test his arm, please. Yeah, I'm not gonna test. Not on that hit. Although he can't hit a cutoff man, so they might as well have. Um, for some reason, I, I don't. I don't know what it is about Luis Robert, but that dude cannot hit a cutoff man to save his life. No, but if he's gunning somebody down at third base, he'll throw. Oh yeah, he'll throw it right to third base. But it's like if he's got to throw it to a cutoff man, it's fifteen feet off offline. Right. Um, oh, Jose Ramirez. Good, good, good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, so thanks for coming and hanging out in the chat. And uh, like uh, every Monday at nine p.m., we will be on next week. Um, hopefully, talking about another six-game win streak. After they uh, blow this one and they start a new one tomorrow. Sure. Just saying. All right. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen and hopefully it uh, continues to go. But, um, but yeah, there's that bit of optimism. Uh, All right. See, thanks for, we're, we're... thanks for coming in the chat and hanging out. And uh, <laughs> my name is Ian Eskridge. This has been white Sox daily live for mm-hmm. myself and my co-host, the Danny Miller. You guys have a great night, and we will catch up with you guys next week. Thanks.